Hi, welcome to the Wine Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Heschuk. I'm still working on the best way to describe the Wine Beat's mission, but I guess what I would say is that our mission is to explore the many diverse wine regions of the world and try to find the most exciting wines that are out there. It turns out that the Antonori family, one of the most famous wine families in the world, has something of a similar mission, at least as it concerns the Puglia region in southern Italy. About 20 years ago, the Marchese Antinori had a bit of an epiphany, and he realized that the Castel del Monte region was demonstrating tremendous potential for wines of the highest caliber. The Antinoris bought some of the best vineyard land in Castel del Monte and the Salento regions, and thus was born Tormoresca Estate. In today's episode, we're talking with Maria Teresa Carloni of Tormoresca Estate, Maria Teresa and I sat down at the winery in Castel de Monte and talked about Tomoresca's philosophy and their commitment to extracting great wines from the best locations in this region. Tomoresca has two wineries, Boca di Lupo in Castel del Monte and Massaria Maime in uh, the Salento region. So Maria Teresa, with her absolutely charming accent, is going to tell us about the vineyards and what makes them so special. And she's also going to give us a, a bit of a lesson in the grape varieties. For example, we talk quite a bit about the Aelianico grape and why Tormoresca plans to put Castel del Monte on the map with their more famous neighbors from Tarassi, from Irpinia, and from Uvulture. We talk about Primitivo, of course, from Salento, and we also talk about Negro Amaro, a very important grape, and why this big red grape makes such great fresh rosé wines. So... Without further ado, let's get started. Here's uh, here's a discussion with Maria Teresa Carlone of Tormoresca Estate. I'm sitting with Maria Teresa Carlone of the Boca de Lupo Estate in Puglia, part of the Tormoresca Company. Maria, thanks for having me here at the estate. Hi, uh, welcome to Tormoresca. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here because it's uh, like a, a big pressure to explain to you uh, where you are now. So I'd like to have a big trip in Puglia. Uh, Tormaresca is a company that was born 20 years ago. So it's a relatively young company, but it's a real big project that um, came from the Antinori family that came here with the idea to really improve uh, the, the quality about the wines that come from Puglia. So the idea was really to invest about everything from the vineyard to the cellar, and to invest about the quality, but about the knowledge of the area. Uh, Tormaresca is composed by two estates, so uh, the idea was, was to invest about the two more vocate analogical in Puglia, one is where we are in the Murge Hill. The other state is in the Salento area, so it's in the south. And the idea was to really represent the very ancient vocate varietal. So here we grow the Dallianico of Castel del Monte, because we are in the Castel del Monte DOC. We grow the Fiano and the Moscato grape. In the Salento area, we grow the Primitivo and the Negromaro grape that are the Tocton grape that come from Salento area. And also we have some international grape that are very vocate in the, also in this land. It's a very uh, also vocate land to produce quality. So this one here was the project by the Antinori family because the idea was to really have a big attention for about everything. 
so mm, here the best, uh, uh, the more lucky, um, um, also characteristic come from the land because we are in a very particular area that is between the coast and uh, also the Basilicata region. So we are very lucky because the weather is like uh, not so wet, is dry in the summer, and there is a uh, characteristic that help us to produce in an organic uh, also way. So we can also avoid to use the chemical substance in the vineyard and also in the, in the cellar. Of course, it's very hard work because also we need to prevent a lot with some agriculture system method. So to have a very big selection of the grape and also for, to, to pride the plant. So the estate here at Boca de Lupo is organic, both in the vineyard and in the cellar. Is that also true of the estate in the Salento region? Is it fully organic as well? In the Salento region, uh, is uh, is conventional, not because uh, we use uh, a more chemical substance than here, but the there uh, is like more difficult about the, the, the weather because it's more wet. General. Yeah, more disease is, pressure. Yeah, and also the, the other state in the Salento is very big, it's bigger. So uh, it's uh, more complicated to reach the same mission. But here at Boca de Lupo, you were explaining earlier that you're blessed with this drier climate yeah. up in the hills. Yeah, uh, here we are about 250 meters above the sea level. And the soil is very calcarean, it's mineral, it's a limestone. So in this kind of, uh, of area, we can also um, avoid the seas because the, uh, the summer is not wet, it's dry, and then the, the soil is calcarean. The, the water comes directly down, so I arrive immediately in the dip. So we can uh, every time maintain a dry soil. It is a very important condition to avoid the, the seas on the vineyard. And then, of course, uh, we help uh, a lot this kind of natural condition with some agriculture treatments. So we need to maintain clean every time the plant. So we leave the leaf uh, that is like too much to uh, avoid that the insect arrives on the, on the plant. So we have a, a different uh, few method, delicate method to avoid it. And of course, also we to to cut off a part of the the plant that is like too much. We can immediately see. So the the first law about the organic method is to immediately have uh, to immediately see where is the problem and to take care of that plant. So the time is very important in an organic, uh, also treatments uh, and um, management about the vineyard. And um, also, of course, uh, I said that the DIA is to improve about the quality is the reason because we use the cordon training, uh, uh, so a different uh, uh, method to grow the, uh, the, the grape. We, uh, we, have, uh, we reduce a lot of quantity that come from each hectares. So uh, usually we don't produce more than a limit to really invest about the quality. 
And also the other method that is very important to us is to use a very delicate process in the cellar. So everything is like managed just in three levels. One level where I write the grapes, the other one where we vinify everything, and the barrel room that is downstairs where we age the wine. So uh, the idea is don't move a lot. So to use the delicate way to extract just the soft tannins. Because the, um, also the problem uh, about the, the Puglia wines is sometimes, so it's very easy to have rich wines, so with the character that come from the sun. It's not easy to have elegant wines as well. So our work is to produce elegant wines. So a wine that you can enjoy in the glass. For this reason, we need to like to collect very uh, quickly the grape, so to maintain the freshness in the cellar, so to refrigerate it uh, or in general to don't uh, move a lot the grapes. To use a delicate way to extract the silky part, just the delicate part, and. Also, thanks to a lot of uh, attention, we can reach this, uh, this mission to have richness. So the character of the grape, the character of the land, that is like a mirror of the, in the wine, but the elegance, a wine that you can really enjoy to drink, that's second glass. <laughs> when you're talking about that, uh, finding the elegance in the wine, I'm, I'm thinking particularly particularly about the Ilianico grape. I know you grow other grapes here, but the Ilianico one comes to mind immediately because it can be so powerful yeah. and it can be tannic. Um, can you tell me more about the Ilianico grape and your approach to yeah. making great Ilianico? So uh, the Ilianico grape is the, the grape where we invest more. It is like, um, I think, the, the bigger project that uh, we have. So the idea is, uh, because we trust a lot in Alianico in general, so the idea is to grow the knowledge about Alianico because very few people know the Alianico that come from the Castel del Monte. So um, it's maybe more popular talk about Alianico that come from Campania and Vulture, but few people know the Alianico that come from here that has a different characteristic about the elegance. And then for, I say that we uh, work a lot because uh, the more work is about to really manage the tannic part. So the Lianico is very, uh, with the full body, with really very powerful. So the idea is to like uh, really take care about it. For this reason, we need to have a very big, big selection by hand in the vineyard so we really select the cluster that is perfect to make the Lianico that also we use to make the wine. And then there is the second, so a different uh, vinification in the cellar, the second selection uh, that is made by hand. So after the steaming, we have different people, four, six people that have a selection behind to really leave everything that can influence in a bad way also the, the project. We use a different tanks, so with a different shape, is tronchoconic shape, so it's more delicate. And then we can extract just in a delicate way the silky part. So of course, uh, in the case of Alianico, 
we uh, is a, um, a kind of grape uh, where we need not, not a big attention more <laughs> because uh, is like a, a, a people where you need to take care more than the other one because it's more uh, uh, with more character so it's a really varietal that you can uh, love or hate in general <laughs> So, but it is very important because it really represents the area. So, like with the hoster, but uh, clean and elegant, a very um, powerful uh, grape. You make uh, at least two Aelianicos. Uh, Trentangeli is, mm -hmm. uh, I think, is a blend of, of yeah. Aelianico and Syrah and Cabernet. Cabernet. Yeah. And then Boca di Lupo is. 100% Aglianico as mm -hmm. well, yeah, is if, it? if I've got that right. What are the differences between those two wines? Yeah. So uh, the first one that was born is the Bocca di Lupo, that is Aglianico 100%. But time by time, uh, we saw that a lot of people uh, don't know Aglianico, because I say Aglianico is sometimes so strong. So we decided to introduce the Trentangeli that is a blend with the Cabernet and Syrah to let know Daglianico. So he's like a little brother of Daglianico 100%. He's like a way to close the palate to Daglianico, to start to test Daglianico. So of course the Cabernet and Syrah make the wine more rounded, so it's like more warm. It's like to leave some corner from Daglianico. And then it's also a very big wine because it is also aging oak for one year, the Trentangeli, and also in battle. And it's very important to keep in touch with Aglianico for the first time. Of course, the Bocca di Lupo is for us like the, the top wine, is where we would like to arrive because it is the more representative wine for the state. It's like our king in general. And I think it is a very uh, mirror of the terroir because um, we are in an imperial area. So this area is called imperial because there was the king uh, that domined this area in the past. And I think uh, really the Bocca di Lupo that is made with Aglianico can represent this kind of style. So like the Roman style, as like clean, elegant, but powerful. Earlier, you were telling me about the soil structure, the uh, the soils that are on top of uh, a layer of tufo rock. Yeah. Uh, can you describe that a bit more, and then you know talk about uh, why that soil and rock structure is so perfect for Ilianico here? Yeah. So this area is uh, like a very atypical if you think about Puglia, because uh, the Puglia is uh, like mostly flat. But uh, you, um, we stay in the, on the Murge Hill, that is um, in this area 250 meters above the sea level, where uh, the soil is very calcarean, is mirror. We have the limestone uh, immediately. So you can find uh, on the dip, one meter dip already, uh, the soil is just composed, but the tufo, so there's this kind of soft stone. So the, the roots can arrive just in one meter, not more. And there, in one meter, can already meet 
also the, the different calcarean mineral soil. That is a very pure soil, but rich of minerality. So in general, the more vocate soil to produce big wine, because it's like to um, have a natural selection of the plant, so the plants can um, have to walk a lot to have the big production, the stronger production. It's like to grow under the limit to survive. So it's like a way to have a very natural selection, a very stronger plant, the very hard plant that can also we can use to have the, the best quality on the grape. It's the reason because this area is very vocated to produce big wine. And it's also the reason because the white wine that is made with Chardonnay come from here is a ginocchi, is a very important big wine. Is um, also a typical if you think about the white wine that come from the south of Puglia. So usually if you think a very rich white wine, you think about other areas in Italy and in Europe. You don't think about the south. It is more vocated maybe in the mind for the red wine. But in this area is like a typical. It's a very like area where you can we can have the richness, but the elegance that come from the minerality of the soil. So it's a very difficult soil to work with, but at the end you can have uh, the best result. So it lends itself well to making good white wines. Yeah, of course. I think that the land, but in general the terroir, is the first element to start. And then, of course, you need to help everything all the, with the method to also maintain this quality, like to bring out the best quality from a best terroir. I think there are some absolutely fabulous white wines that come from southern Italy. And you were saying, you know, maybe people would be surprised at wonderful white wines that aren't so big and rich, but they're, you know, elegant and yeah. fine white wines can come from southern Italy. But I, th I think there's lots that do. You grow Chardonnay, you also grow Fiano grapes. Mm -hmm. The Fiano is a very ancient varietal, well, uh, the most historical varietal that you can find in Puglia. Of course, with the different characteristics. So the Fiano is uh, more uh, aromatic, and the Chardonnay is more mineral. So uh, also, um, uh, sometimes the international grape uh, can has a different kind of, you know, you can find the Chardonnay or some international grape everywhere in the world. But in some place, uh, you can find a very unique uh, character. So I think is uh, the, the best thing about the, the wine. Really, let's test, I can develop and grow in a different land that every area are unique about uh, that. And uh, I think also the, the, the best and the, the most work is about to really uh, test and let try. <laughs> so uh, I think that sometimes is not so popular in general, but uh, is uh, a very discover about the new land. Tell us more about the other grapes that uh, Tormoresca as a company uses both from the Salento region and from this region. I think it's, 
very interesting to know more about the different grape varieties. So we've talked about Aelianico. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about Fiano. Um, in the Salento region, um, the grapes that you're using in the vineyard there? So in the Salento region, we uh, mostly uh, grow the Negro Amaro grape and the Primitivo, that are the, maybe the two more uh, autochthone grapes that come from the Salento. Where the Salento, uh, I think when people think of Puglia, they think more about, for red wines, they think more about Negro Primitivo. Amaro and Primitivo. <laughs> Maybe the Primitivo is the more popular in Maybe, general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, uh, uh, our idea that every time is uh, let to, to keep in touch uh, with a very autochthone grape, like Primitivo and Negro Amaro, but in the, uh, like the best evolution. So, the idea is to... Um, really discover the character, but in a mm, very elegant way. So not uh, has a very heavy wine. So really represent the character is what uh, also we do with the Primitivo. So represent a very autochthone grape with a character that come from the land, but in a, a, an elegant style. I think is the um, uh, the more important element that the company has in the mind. So represent the land, the the really the the, the roots, uh, but in an elegant way, is what we do. Of course, uh, we uh, trust a lot in Negramaro and the Primitivo. That is, uh, I think, the history about the Salento, and also the Negramaro is also for us used to have different label from the rosé to the very rich uh, wine that is called Mastere Maime, uh, like the other state that is in the Salento area. Mm. How's the, how's the rosé? The rosé is made from... The rosé is made from Negromaro grape. It lends itself to a good rosé? It is for us, <laughs> but I think not just for us, uh, a very representative rosé that comes from the Salento. Uh, because uh, it's like uh, it became really like more a lot popular, not just in Italy uh, but everywhere. Because uh, uh, I think we have already um, found um, everything that can come from the rosé. So, for example, the drinkable test, but uh, the character and the sapidity as well. So it is a really rosé that you can enjoy. You can uh, drink a second glass, but uh, is a wine with character that can leave something uh, in your mind, not just in the palate. So is uh, is we produce just one rosé, but uh, I'm I'm sure is uh, one the more representative rosé that uh, uh, we produce. Yeah. It'd be nice to hear more about the um, the history of the. Uh, of the Boca de Lupo uh, estate and Tormoresca generally. Mm -hmm. it was a, it's a project of the Marchese Antinori, if I yeah. pronounce that. Uh, Tormoresca is a project that, uh, is, um, that started already before uh, Marchese Antinori with a, a different name. So in the first time, the, the owner was the Gancha family, that is a very important Piemont family that invest already here uh, about 40 years ago. And then uh, also the project 
arrives in the hand of the Antinori family that also um, create Tormaresca, like a company, to really um, let uh, uh, know the Puglia region. So I think it's a big project that is not just about Tormaresca, it's about Puglia. It's a big project because the Antinori family would like to invest in an area, in a land um, that is vocated to produce wine, that was not so famous to produce wine with quality in the past. So we know that in the past, a lot of people think about the quantity a lot. So was the seller of the Italy, the seller of the uh, Europe. So we grow a lot of quantity of grape that we sell immediately. We don't think about the quality in the bottle and the wine. And then the big different direction that uh, luckily to, uh, uh, thanks to Marques Antinori, uh, we, we are going to follow is in a completely different way because right now the idea is to invest about the quality. I think is, is what we change already thanks to the Antinori family 20 years ago and with a lot of different companies that right now started to invest in Puglia and everything right now is changed also in a very small order. So now a lot of different owners invest about the quality. So the really everything is completely changed. And the idea now is to really keep more attention and the growers already in the vineyard and then in the production in the cellar. So I think it's a very big, was a big evolution. This idea of uh, discovering or reintroducing the tremendous quality that, that can come in Puglia wines. Do you think, is that directed as much to the Italian market as to the international market? What, what's the importance of the export market versus the Italian market uh, for Tormoresca? And, uh, and, and who would you like, who would Tormoresca really like to uh, introduce these Puglia wines to? in the world. Yeah. So for us it's very important uh, to, to let know uh, our wine to the other market. So it's important to the Italian market but the, the rest of the world as well. So the idea is of course doesn't remain just in Italy. We now export a lot in the rest of the world because um, and the, is very useful for us, important for us, and uh, we have a very good result for, from a lot of people that come from um, I don't know, Canada or US uh, that would like to really test something different. So uh, we know that likely right now a lot of people uh, really has the open mind. So maybe in the past it was more uh, easy to test the usual, the more popular wine. But right now, luckily, it's different because a lot of people would like to test different wines. So uh, to keep in touch uh, with the uh, one that they never test in, uh, before, so is, uh, I think, uh, the best things also for us, the best element, because uh, uh, our idea is not to remain in our country. 
so the idea is to really increase the knowledge about some varietal that very few people knows. So in general, a lot of people know the same international grape that you can find everywhere, but some autochthone native unique grape that come from this area are uh, that you can just start to discover. So this one is our mission, but I think that this one is also the, what the people would like to have in general, what they looking for. So let's tell something that they don't know. So it's an I opportunity think to discover something. Is an opportunity something special yeah. and, and from a special area, and that I can't, you can you can link that back to what you were saying about uh, Trentangeli. If, mm -hmm. Is that the way you pronounce it, Trentangeli? Trentangeli. <laughs> Where you can be introduced to the Ilianico grape if you yeah. haven't experienced it, maybe in a in an easier, more approachable way than the yeah. big full. Uh, massive uh, Elianico? Uh, I think sometimes is um, the, the very the approach with the, the some powerful grape is not easy in general but when you discover something that is like a very rich of character you can really change the way to, to test the wine so, of course, uh, uh, the, the Trentangeli is very important because uh, it's a, a way to close the palate, uh, to keep in touch with um, the Alianico that, that uh, very few people know. But for us, uh, the very big representation of the Alianico is the Bocca di Lupo, is the 100% of Alianico. So the idea is really to uh, discover a very the, the, I say every time, the mirror of the land, I think, is the really uh, character that comes from here. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about, about the estate, about the region, about the grape varieties? Sometimes with the, the wine, you really understand the history, the culture, the people that is behind the label. So is uh, the best, I think, is like, come here, let's test. Let's see and uh, understand everything. It's enough, <laughs> but it's important. Maria Teresa Carloni, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you to you to come here. <laughs> and of course, for everybody that would like to come to, to know us and to know Puglia region. So that was Maria Teresa Carloni of Tormoresca State. I really hope you enjoyed that. And what a cool story. Marchese Antinori, 25 years ago, comes to Puglia, goes, wow, we really need to focus on producing wines here because this region is not just going to produce bulk wines. This region is going to produce some of the great wines. And it's a great story because we're talking about some of the great grapes in the world. We're talking about Ailianico, we're talking about Primitivo, we're talking about uh, Negro Amaro, we're talking about Fiano. So anyway... I do hope you enjoyed that. There's some great episodes coming up on the Wine Beat, so let's think about going forward. We've got uh, a couple or three episodes coming up from Greece. Uh, Gerovasulu Estate. Evangelos Gerovasulu is basically the godfather of Greek winemaking. We're going to interview Evangelos, his, uh, his enologist and export manager, 
Thras Yantidis. We're going to talk to his son. Uh, we're going to talk to, then we're going to go and talk to Lawrence Hartman, who produces the best sparkling wine in Greece. And believe me, this is really, really good sparkling wine. This is challenging the champagnes of France, as you'll hear from Lawrence. And it's a fun episode because what we do is we do this outdoors as part of a um, a celebration where they're they're making grappa or as it's called in Greece, tsiparo. Um, uh, so we've got dogs barking, we've got tractors, we've got music playing. This is a bit mad, a bit crazy, but Lawrence is a is is a fantastic guy. Uh, we're going to do an, another episode in Greece, which is kind of a tour of what's happening in Greece in terms of. New winemakers, new winemaking technologies. There's some Greek music. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a very enjoyable, enjoyable episode. So lots coming from Greece. Then we're going to go back to southern Italy, um, and then we're going to do some other episodes uh, which are based on winemaking issues. We've got lots coming up. I hope you come back. Join us here on the Wine Beat. This is Craig. Talk to you soon. Bye. Mm-hmm.